This is Scott Vanderplu, and you're listening to the Artist Edition Index Podcast, Episode 42. I went down to the St. James Infirmary, found my baby there, stretched out on a long white table, so sweet, so cold, so fast. Welcome back to the Artist Edition Index Podcast, where we take the written word from the Artist Edition Index and discuss the month's happenings, all things AE. The Artist Edition Index can be found at aeindex.org, on Facebook at Facebook slash Artist Edition Index, and on Twitter at aeindex. Also on Instagram, Instagram slash aeindex. That's about it for social media for me. Uh, Still working on it, but I feel like uh, expanding just into uh, Instagram felt like a, a large move for me. All right, let's talk about this month. No real focus uh, outside of the normal happenings. I did get a chance to put together my interview with Scott Dunbeer that occurred in April. Uh, that was a, a Patreon uh, exclusive. So if you're a member of our Patreon, you can go to Patreon slash AEindex or go to AEindex.org slash Patreon. Both will take you to the same page. You can sign up to be a, a member. That uh, starts at a dollar a month. You can uh, donate whatever you'd like. And if you do that, you'll be able to hear the interview I did. It's an hour and a half interview I did with Scott Dunbeer. Actually, the interview went quite a bit longer, but uh, we went off the record at the end. And uh, there's some things that uh, I think are may make up a, a special or exclusive uh, for Patreons uh, next month. So I'm, I'm going to cut and paste and... Uh, run it by Scott and see if he thinks that what's, uh, what I've got there is uh, okay to be released. All right. So no secrets will be revealed from that interview, but lots of interesting talk. All the questions I'd had just over the years uh, with the artist editions and the, the format and just things in general like that. As well with that, uh, because all the comic conventions are basically canceled uh, this year because of covid we uh, had WonderCon 2020, they did it online. So one of the panels that Scott was on was Artist Editions and Iconic Myth Makers. So it was Dirk Wood hosted it with Scott Dumbier, and then they had Walter Simonson as a guest. So there was some uh, some nice talk there. If you're, I think fans of the site would appreciate uh, watching that on YouTube and uh, enjoying it. That's uh, on the site as well. But you don't get any new info about AEs. We do see the Michael Golden's Micronauts Artist Edition final cover. We see the signature pages for the Dave Cockrum's X-Men Artifact Edition and the Golden. So we find out about uh, limited editions of both of those. So that's interesting. But that was about it. A very slow month for news. Uh, This month... Diamond has released a new previous catalog, and that's covering May-June because uh, they didn't release one last month. And that will be soliciting for those two months. Unfortunately, no AE format books were solicited. Everything's in sort of a backlog. Uh, One of the things that haven't been released yet or has, and that's the funny thing, book distributors were still distributing books through uh, their normal channels, while Diamond was shut down. So some books hit, uh, some books were received, and then Diamond and Marvel, DC, IDW, everybody sort of rescheduled their books. So now 
some people have got books, and some people been because of the rescheduling and the holding. Then those books will be released later. I'm uh, one book I'm thinking of is the Marvel, uh, the Daredevil Love and War Gallery Edition, which is a collection of the Marvel's graphic novel and stuff. It's not an it's not an A format book, but it was it was scheduled I think in April. It came out, people got it, and now it's rescheduled for September I think because Marvel piled everything back. They changed the schedules, and now we've got dealing with the the new right the schedule coming out um i'm just looking up that yeah so it was uh, scheduled for april now it's scheduled for september 2nd but a lot of people have it if you say you pre-ordered it from amazon or indigo you've got that book but through a local comic shop you're not going to get it now until september so that's also the case for walter simonson's uh, the mighty thor artisan edition uh, someone on the forums uh, posted a picture of it, and then otherwise it's scheduled for June 17th through comic shops. So, again, a bit of a discrepancy, disparity. Hmm, wonder which word would fit better. All right, let's talk uh, shipping changes. So, as of this month, there's not a lot of shipping changes. Dave Cockrum's X Men Artifact Edition is now scheduled for June 17th. And as I said, Walter Simonson's The Mighty Thor Artisan Edition, if you had pre-ordered from a comic shop, that's now scheduled for June 17th as well. So that's too bad about those dates. Uh, I still am showing EC Covers Artist Edition for July 15th, but Scott Dunbeer has said that he's just got some more covers for that. That's going to be delayed. So expect that date to shift any time now. Uh, I will say that as part of the um, interview I had with Scott Dunbeer, he mentioned Don Rose's Life and Times of Scrooge McDuck Volume 2 Artist Edition uh, will not be happening this year. He's hoping it will occur at some point in the future. He'd like to do two more volumes to wrap up the whole story, but the pre-orders for Volume 2 were too low, and it's it's actually Diamond who is moving the date forward. So that's too bad, because we've seen this date move several times. You know, it's about two years late at this point. And then to hear that it's probably not going to happen... Maybe on a resolicit. We'll have to wait and see. But I'm because Diamond's still showing it, I'm still showing it on the on the site in the upcoming schedule list. So I may have to rethink that. As well, uh, Nexus, the newspaper strips, volume one, the coming of Gormando Artist Edition has been changed to to be determined because Dark Horse is also rejigging their schedule for the year. Uh, staggering things, moving things out that were scheduled or would have come out during this COVID period when Diamond was closed. So that was scheduled for June. Um, and now we're going to see it, I don't know when. We'll have to wait for the reschedule, the resolicitation. So that's disappointing. <clears throat> so the number of books we have that we're waiting for, there was already a reduced schedule for the year. Now everything's been pushed and we have to wait. As well, interestingly, Jim Lee's X-Men Artist Edition, which uh, was announced on, uh, by IDW, for an October 7th release, uh, has still has not appeared in previews. So I was thinking it was going to appear in this previews, but now I guess we'll have to wait for next month and see what happens there. Interesting things all around. All right. Let's talk about this month's poll. Courtesy of our Patreon patron, David Jacoy. I hope I pronounced that right, David. He's given us another wonderful question this month for the poll. Who is the biggest gun around? Which one of these masters of DC Comics should get an AE format book? And he provided Brian Boland, Carmine Infantino, George Perez, Neil Adams, and Steve Ditko. 
uh, I put up the images from Heritage Auctions. I, you know, it's random. I put up some Creeper images and um, Hawk and Dove for Ditko because that's who I voted for. Um, biggest votes right now. It's tied with George Perez and Neil Adams, 27 votes each. Followed up by Brian Boland, 26 votes. Steve Ditko with 13 votes. And then Carmine Infantino's trailing. So that's a bit disappointing. I thought Boland would really run run away with it here. Uh, I think everybody loves Brian Boland art. And when it appears in an internal book, it's pretty awesome. Uh, I know We know from uh, the interview I did with Graffiti Designs, Bob Chapman, that their next book is going to be The Killing Joke. So we'll see a Brian Boland book there. So we just have to wait and see. I would like to mention that uh, my email address is scott at aeindex.org. It's also on the website. If you click my name anywhere on the website, it takes you to the About page. And that gives you a little bit of history of the site, um, my picture, you know, if you're looking for that kind of thing, and my email address, and you can just email and ask me any questions. Uh, this month, I didn't really get any. I got just some general questions, just about, you know, somebody asked me um, about the uh, uh, the Max, uh, Keith's book. Is Are they all signed? You know, yes, it's a, one general edition was released. Uh, they all included a signature page. Um, someone else asked me another question, just random, just questions that maybe somebody new to artist editions or, you know, looking at my reviews on the site, maybe a question came to mind. Please always email me those questions. Um, it's a quick response for me because mostly I know the material fairly well, and then way well, you get your question answered. And that's really what I put up this site for is to be a source of information. All right, having said all that, uh, no solicits this month, no sales numbers because no AE format books released last month. So it was a bit quiet on the site this month. I did get my two reviews done, and that's what I'm pushing for every month, two reviews. Even though the schedule is pretty light as far as new books coming out, I have a backlog of books, foreign language material, um, books that are not full-size original art but maybe fall under that category. So we'll talk about those reviews in a minute, but for now, let's talk about out-of-print sales for April 2020. Now, this is a collection of sales of um, the regular edition AE format books on eBay in the previous month. All right, so let's talk about those. Alien, the illustrated story, the original art edition, two copies sold for an average of 148.35. That's quite a jump. Normally, this book floats around its cover price of 75. I mean, it is eight years old, though, so I, we can certainly understand that. One copy of Bernie Wrightson Artifact Edition, second print sold for $84. One copy of Best of EC Comics Volume 1 Artist Edition sold for $175. One copy of Bill Sienkiewicz's Mutants and Moon Knights and Assassin's Artifact Edition sold for $249. I had to double-check that. I thought, oh, was that, the, you know, was that the limited edition? No, no. Just a regular edition. Somebody really wanted it, I guess. One copy of Dave Gibbons' Watchmen Artifact Edition, $100. Six copies of David Mazzuchelli's Daredevil Born Again Artist Edition for an average of two twenty three thirty three. Another interesting number and a big leap there because of that. When that Artisan Edition was released, and I, I have reviewed that on the site last month, maybe two months ago, I really thought that would mark um, a downswing in the demand for this Artist Edition. I mean, it is the most popular Artist Edition. It had the best sales of all time for any Artist Edition, as Scott Denbeer confirmed. But uh, here we go. Nothing, I think, uh, it was really low the last couple of months, and now, boom, six copies averaging two twenty three thirty three. So there is still a resale market available for this book. So if you still got one sitting around, especially still shrink-wrapped, th this may still be the time to sell. 
Dawn Roses, The Life and Times of Scrooge McDuck, Volume 1, $52. Bargain there. Four copies of Frank Cho's Savage Wolverine Artist Edition, averaging $70.49. Man, I, that came out. I missed it from my local comic shop, and then I had to buy it on an aftermarket, and I was thrilled to get it for $100 because that's still below cover. It was 150 cover price. No, was it? Yeah, 150 cover price because it's 14 by 20 all right, three copies of Frank Miller's Daredevil Artifact Edition sold for an average of one twenty-five sixty-seven. One copy of Gene Colan's Tomb of Dracula sold for $100. Four copies of Gil Kane's The Amazing Spider-Man Artist Edition averaging $65.49. These multiple copies uh, all seem to be coming from one uh, eBay reseller who puts them up and then he at a fairly low price and then blasts through them. I, would, I really need to contact the seller and just ask him a bit of a background. Where is he getting his copies or... What's the, uh, how's he doing it? We'll try and do that. All right. Six copies of Jack Kirby's Fantastic Four Artist Edition sold for an average of ninety thirty. Two copies of Jack Kirby's Fantastic Four, the world's greatest artist edition, sold for an average of one hundred five eighty nine. Both of those below cover. Two copies, Jack Kirby's Marvel Heroes and Monsters Artist Edition sold for an average of eighty nine fifty. Six copies of Jack Kirby's The Mighty Thor Artist Edition averaging eighty nine oh eight. These are all bargains, man. Three copies of Jim Lee DC Legends Artifact Edition, averaging one forty-three forty-nine. Eight copies of Jim Starlin's Marvel Cosmic Artifact Edition, averaging eighty-one seventy-six. Three copies of Joe Kubert's Tarzan of the Apes Artist Edition, averaging eighty ninety-nine. Two copies of Joe Kubert's Tarzan and the Lionman Artist Edition, averaging seventy-one ninety-four. Two copies of John Buscema's Silver Surfer Artist Edition for averaging one hundred six fifty. One copy of Burns Fantastic Four for one twenty-five. One copy of Burns X-Men for one ninety-nine. One copy of John Romita's Amazing Spider-Man Artist Edition for one eighty-nine ninety-nine. Wow! I mean, it is the you know from twenty twelve, but good premium there. All right, and the volume two of that, three copies sold for an average of eighty-two thirty-three. So a big downswing there. Two copies of Lone Wolf and Cub Gallery Edition, averaging seventy eighteen. One copy of Marvel Covers Artist Edition First Print, one twenty-seven thirty-five. Three copies of Mike Mignola's Hellboy and Hell and Other Stories Second Print, averaging eighty-three sixty-six. Why is that? Do people just like this the second printing cover better? Three copies of Ross Andrews The Amazing Spider-Man Artist Edition, averaging fifty-six oh four. That's wow, that's a bargain basement. That's less than half. Three copies of Sergio Aragona's Grew the Wanderer for an average of ninety-four oh four. No copies of Spawn Vault Edition. So I think we've seen that run of Spawn Vault Edition going for crazy money. I think that's I think that runs over. All right. One copy of Star Wars Dark Times, 40 bucks. One copy of Nick Fury, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., first print, 120 Three copies of The Prisoner, original art edition, averaging 48.05. One copy of Usagi Ujimbo, Samurai and Other Stories, gallery edition, for 47 One copy of Wally Wood's EC Stories, artist edition, for 150 One copy of the s- second print, for 125. Four copies of Walter Simonson's Thor Artist Edition for 101.25 average. One copy of the second print for 120. And that sums up the eBay sales. I'm wondering if these increased sales are resulting from two factors. One, the people being at home and having more time to browse online and maybe do some internet shopping. And two, if the stimulus package that every taxpaying U.S. American citizen received is $1,200. And we're looking for ways to spend it. And, the, you know, an artist edition on eBay seems like a very good way to do it. I would heartily agree with that. 
All right, two reviews this month. First look at Exploring Calvin and Hobbes and Exhibition Catalog. This came up on the forums after a uh, after Cartoonist Kayfabe, which is a YouTube channel, carried it, talking about the original art. And uh, I ordered both of them. There's two books that are both uh, exhibition catalogs of the Billy Ireland Museum and Library in uh, Ohio. But uh, this is the first one that arrived. It's actually the second one. So I reviewed it for this month. And the other one's at home. I'm probably going to review it next month. Here's the blurb. An extraordinary study of the most beloved comic strip duo of all time, this beautiful companion book to the extensive Exploring Calvin and Hobbes exhibition at the Billy Ireland Cartoon Library features Bill Watterson's personal exploration of how the wonder of Calvin and Hobbes came to be. The book includes original art with Watterson's original commentary and features a fascinating in-depth interview in which he describes his journey as an artist, revealing details of his early influences and work, syndication submission package, tools of the trade, Perspective on the State of Cartooning as an Art Form, and much, much more. It's 11 inches by 8.5 inches, 160 pages. Soft cover, and it's $20 US. Uh, you can get that on uh, as a better deal. It does. Uh, it, you can also get it from your local comic shop. Um, it's a very interesting book. Uh, one, you get a real selection of original Calvin and Hobbes strips uh, at a reduced size. I mean, this is a, you know, it's a, it's a size of a piece of paper this book so we're seeing two to three strips uh, daily strips per page or we're seeing a Sunday strip per page and it's really I mean Watterson's art is uh, amazing and this the strip is uh, I mean it's iconic it's it's so fascinatingly wonderful that you can't help but appreciate it and but uh, to see it like this to see the original art I can't say it differs too much from what was printed maybe if we were seeing it at full size maybe that would have a more of an impact but Watterson produced stuff pretty clean, not a lot of uh, correction fluid, uh, not a lot of, not very few paste ups. He just looks like he uh, presented it as he drew it, and that's how it was printed. So, not a lot there um, from a perspective of oh, I'm going to see the uh, you know the, all the behind the scenes here. But just to experience the art in black and white in this format is is really great. I mean, the Sundays are awesome they, way more detail he put into his Sundays a larger size and they present really well and it's a good selection of books but uh, what's really valuable I think in this as well as flipping through and seeing the original art is the interview with Watterson which is quite extensive I do have to say I quoted a lar- a section of the book and um, let me read the, that to you here because it's it's really interesting and it so defines uh, original why we want to see original art He says, when you see an original, it's an entirely different experience than seeing a newspaper or book reproduction. The scale of the drawing affects how we relate to it, and the images have a different impact when you see them as they were actually drawn. A cartoon original is not intended to be the finished product, so the artist can leave a fair amount of slop that never reproduces. You see the whiteout and pencil lines in the places where the artist fixed up a spot or changed his mind about something. It's a little window into the artist's process, and if you love this art, it's quite inspiring. You get to see those moments of grace where the lines are confident, distilled, and flowing, as well as those moments when the cartoonist is struggling and bumbling like everyone else. A real person made these things, and when you see the actual drawings, you can participate in that. Really thought that was interesting, and that just that so says ours, why you know it's artist edition format books are so important, and why I love these books, and spend my time on the site. Of course with that statement, then we'd all like to see the art at its original size. 
it's interesting that in the book, you know, presented it at a reduced size. But, I mean, what else can you do? Uh, Andrews McMeal, I think they just, you know, did it with partnership with the Billy Ireland Cartoon Library and Museum. But still, it's it's their copyrighted material, and it's so they're going to produce it in the format that, that all the other Calvin and Hobbes books are. So take it at that. I, uh, I tried to do the photos as best I can. It's very glossy paper, and I'm still having problems photographing glossy paper. I'm... I encounter it so rarely that I'm trying different techniques but still don't have it. So if, if anybody's a photographer out there or has some good tips on photographing glossy paper, then please pass them along to me, scott at aenx.org. All right, the second review of this month was uh, IDs or IDs, noir, which are translates dark thoughts. And it is a Franklin's collection, Andre Franklin, his collection of sort of <laughs> disparaging cartoons. Uh, it was re- it was printed in English as Die Laughing, but this is a collection of all his original art. So this is, uh, and I don't know if this is full size. It feels full size because the way the strip the strips are presented um, in the book I have Die Laughing for Vanographics, they're presented sort of vertical where you'd see a taller image. But this book presents them as two pages in a horizontal uh, book. So I'm believing that that's how he did them. He did them in these panels, and so he do two. He do two of these pages to a two of these panels to one strip. Um, he does one sort of long vertical panel, and that appears in the back of the book, glued in, which is really interesting. And this book features a book plate or an ex libris, which we don't hear, we don't hear much uh, in English. I thought that's an interesting term. I think maybe implied more in England, but not uh, in North America. Uh, it is this book is numbered. It's uh, there's a thousand uh, editions of the Belgian version, and there's two thousand copies of the French version. I get the Belgian version because um, it was talk on the forums. Somebody mentioned that it was on sale on Amazon Germany for thirty euros. This book nor- retails for 130 euros, so I I picked up a copy. I forget what the shipping was to. I shipped it to my U.S. post box and then picked it up from the U.S. because the shipping to Canada was almost double. It was crazy. But uh, yeah, that's the book. 176 pages. It's uh, 14 inches by 10 inches, and uh, it presents all of uh, Franklin's original art for these strips. Really, I, I consider them strips. And it's a bit odd because it's done from uh, the publisher's Fluide Glacial. And when you go to the site, the, the site looks like it's under renovation. You try and click the catalog and you get a we're working on it kind of page. So this book doesn't appear on their website, which is troubling. I did find the book solicited a bunch of other places, so I was able to put together the blurb and um, some other information about the book. Anyways, let me give you the blurb here. I've sort of rambled ahead of them on the review here. All of Franklin's most engaged thoughts and ideas about the world around us brought together in a luxury Italian print. This numbered edition on the cloth back includes 42 pages of sketches and illustrations as well as an ex libris book plate. Available in two versions, Belgian and French. The difference comes from the cover, the ex libris, same as drawing, but in its pencil or inks version. And the print, 1,000 copies for the Belgian version and 2,000 copies for the French version. So it was released in December 2017. Uh, I've listed the two ISBNs, as I said, 14 by 10 inches or 36 by 26 centimeters, 176 pages, 130 euros. Um, this is later Franklin work, and it's pretty interesting. What's uh, interesting about it is it's all black and white, 
and it comes across as completely black and white in its published form, but when you see the pages, you realize how many of these he just did in pencil, which is really interesting. And, it, there's, um, and because of the pencil, there's a lot of shading and things with the pencil as well. And uh, you see the smudge marks, I guess, from you know just where his hand ran over the... But um, they present really well. If you're a fan of Franklin or this material, uh, it looks great. Uh, there's not a lot of process on these pages, sort of like the uh, Watterson book I, we just talked about. Not a lot of corrections. Uh, you know, sometimes it's hard to tell with the pencils if there was some erase, erasing or was is that just the smudging from his hand. Um, yeah, interesting book. If you are a fan of Franklin and you can catch this on a sale, I heartily recommend it. I'm not sure I'd pay uh, the 130 euros for it because that trends, well, being Canadian... It's at 50% now. That would be $200. I'm not sure I'd pay $200 for this book. But then that falls into the category of a lot of books for me. I'm, I have a standing rule never to pay cover price for any book because there's always a discount somewhere. And if there isn't a discount now, there'll be a discount later. But yeah, whatever works, right? With the, with the Internet, that's how things are. All right, that's about it for me this month. I'm a bit short. Uh, I think that's from <laughs> the lack of... Material, the lack of announcements, the lack of news. It's very quiet during this COVID period. I, we were, just, I'm just glad to see that publishers are back into the swing of things. Uh, Diamonds opened up again. Comics shops are starting to receive comics again, and we're going to see an AE format book or two in June. So that's awesome news. Uh, again, all these, everything I've discussed can be found. Uh, on my site, aeindex.org, if you'd like to read, check the pictures. The reviews always have a good amount of pictures. Um, if it's a full-size original art book, uh, then I'll normally do 20 to 30 pictures. If it's a reduced-size art book, I do 10 to 15. And that's the case for both the reviews this month, the uh, Edith Noir and uh, the Calvin and Hobbes book, Exploring Calvin and Hobbes and Exhibition Catalog as well. Check us out on Facebook slash Artist Edition Index, Twitter at AE Index, and Instagram slash AE Index. Support the site on Patreon, or if you'd like, I noticed there's an upsurge in people ordering um, books through my site. Any link you click on on my site gets me some affiliate money, especially the ones from Things from Another World. I appreciate those the most because I get the most money for them. Amazon has been making their affiliates smaller and smaller. So I'm going to be promoting, I think, Amazon less and less. And uh, maybe eBay more and more. I don't know. eBay seems to be the, the market for these that uh, does well, especially for if you're looking for books on a discount. All right, that's it. Thank you for joining me, and we hope to hear from you again next month. I do, should note, huh, interesting, a little bit of housekeeping there. I changed the design of the website. I, I use uh, WordPress. And with the blocks and the Gutenberg, I don't know how anybody is interested in WordPress, but I've changed the uh, look of the site, uh, not drastically, but I've, it's, uh, this is a bit easier for me to manage and includes more, and it looks a bit more like the site used to look two itinerations ago. And I think it presents better, and it's easier for me, and a better presentation overall as a package. I'm going to be tying that into my other sites, which are uh, ebabble.net, which is my just general website I've had since 99, 98. And then along with that, I'm going to be changing the format to match uh, my wife's website as well. So I'm going to try and because we're all under the, I'm considering, you know, all under the banner that I like the same theme 
but just with a different color scheme so you can identify. Well, we'll see how it goes. Anyways, <clears throat> as well, I'd like to thank all my listeners in Hungary. For some reason, uh, the second largest category of listeners to this podcast are in Hungary, sitting at 10% of my listeners. Thank you very much. That is awesome. Um, United States is still number one. Canada, number three. France, number four. United Kingdom, number five. So that's a little bit of the background, a little bit of behind the scenes with the stats for the site. Thanks again for listening, and goodbye until next month. Let her go, let her go, God bless her, wherever she may be. She can search this wide world over. She'll never find a sweet man like me.